0: Alright, it's week 12. We are back for Trap Game Thursday. There are a couple of good games that are sneakily going to be trapped, maybe outright traps. Who knows? We got Alexander of Locked On Miami here who's going to talk to us about a few of these coastal teams that may have give people a run for their money. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Alex Dano of Locked on Canes. Each and every week, we thank you for making us your first listen. But more importantly than that, the Locked on Podcast Network is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So every week, we just we try to get in a trap game Thursday for this football season. And as the season winds down, there are a couple of good games left that people are still fighting to like turn their seasons around if they can. And I'm so glad I have Alex here to join us and talk about that. Alex, how are you feeling?
1: I'm doing well. I'm a little bit sad because we only have two weekends left for the ACC Coastal, right? I'm yeah. gonna we're, we're gonna have to pour one out for the divisions. No more Atlantic. We no are. more Coastal. This is this is a bittersweet end to a season.
0: A thousand percent. And I think a lot of Atlantic teams, at least, they're very excited. They're more celebratory in the fact that they don't have to face Clemson every single year, potentially, you know, all of those things. But yeah, I mean, I think it also makes it exciting because you never know where teams are going to land. We assume it could be Clemson, you know, being the first team next season. But who knows? A lot of people can make their case going into the season. So we're going to talk – I'm sorry,
1: go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and I kind of like how you know they still allow a couple traditional rivalries, like Mm -hmm. Miami's still going to play Florida State every year and all that. So uh, they're doing a good job, I think, the (laughs) ACC.
0: Yeah, they know where their money is going to be made, for sure. We have a trap game Thursday week where we know teams could potentially give some good upsets. Let's start with the fact that Virginia Tech is facing off against Liberty and as much as we think that Virginia Tech has thrown away their season, I still think there's an opportunity for them to come in and beat an eight and two Liberty team. What do you think, Alex?
1: Yeah. Um, when we're talking about trap games, the shoe is on the other foot here. Uh, this could be a potential trap game for Liberty. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, I'm sure, hasn't forgotten the last time these teams squared off uh, two years ago, Liberty pulled off the win the game was probably closer than it should have been, but Hendon Hooker, who at the time was the Virginia tech quarterback, almost single-handedly put uh, the game on his back. He had a super man cap on this one. Uh, Liberty's got a really good football team and Hugh freeze is doing an awesome job there. Whereas for Virginia, um, Virginia tech, I should say, this has just been, I think step one in a really, really painful rebuild for them. You know, anytime you're looking at, you know, you're staring two and eight in the face. Um, But, I think we can all agree Virginia tech has better talent than a two and eight team. There's just been, yeah. you know, a lack of depth and, and such a transition and just it's been hard to put things together. Um, you know, Grant Wells has been a liability more than he's been a strength throughout this year. I mean, Liberty can run the football. They're just right now. They are the better coached team. It's just the better conditioned team having, you know, been under the same staff for a few years there. Um, they're 10 point favorites. Um, I kind of wonder what the line would be if it was, you know, at Virginia Tech and not at right. Liberty. But, you know, I, I think anytime you've got, you know, a power five team taking on, you know, a group of five team, you can always look at it and say, you know, even when the group of five team is favored, this could be upset potential. So I don't know. I don't feel great about Virginia Tech. I think they could potentially keep this one closer than 10 points because yeah. that's kind of been the trend when these teams have squared off before. So let's see. But I think this is Liberty's game to lose. Liberty, Liberty, yeah. Liberty.
0: <laughs> and as someone who is also experiencing a tough first year for the from a first-year head coach, do you see potential and growth in this Hokies team? Because a lot of people are saying – I don't know if the horses are in the stable. I don't know if Pry has it. And some people say, hey, give it time. The way they're saying for Miami, give it time. Do you feel like there is still some patience that needs to be had for these Hokies?
1: Yeah. And Miami's a good comparison to make because before the season started, a lot of us thought, you know, maybe Miami's a little bit closer to like a USC than they are to a Virginia Tech. But I think Miami's closer to a Virginia <laughs> Tech. Like, I, I think in the case of Pry, the same thing. I say with Cristobal is you come to realize that there's maybe not as much talent as you thought. And then the talent that is there, isn't going to respond to the coaching the same way. I mean, there's, there's been a lot in that regard going on with Miami as I'm sure there is as well in Virginia tech. So I think Pry is the right man for the job. I think it's just going to take, a lot of roster turnover. I think they're going to have a lot of players enter the portal. They're going to try to bring in some guys in the portal, try to get as many bodies as possible in the 2023 recruiting class and just cycle in your guys, cycle in the guys who understand what you're trying to build, who actually sign up to play for that coaching staff. So you get more unity and, You know, I I think we all want, uh, you know, because Virginia Tech, I mean, I go back to the Big East days, Candice, when, you know, Miami was was going head to head with really good Virginia Tech teams every single year. And there were really good Miami teams every single year. I'd love to bring some of that back. And I, I think Pry, especially coming from that coaching tree that understands what it needs to win at Virginia Tech, could be the guy to do it.
0: A hundred percent agree. I definitely think there is potential there. Let's move on to the next trap game, Duke and Pittsburgh, a Duke team that's having a very good season. A lot of people didn't believe, but here we are at seven and three. They're going bowling. That's for sure. Pitt who is still going bowling as well, but they are trying to swing things, maybe get a little better bowl game when it's all said and done. And of course they're having trouble with Keaton Slovis and all the things, but Izzy Benaconda is still that guy. Like I think he's still one of the best running backs in the country and that defense is still, still pretty dang good so when you look at this matchup who do you feel like maybe has the advantage or maybe one that could sneakily get a win out of here
1: well the first thing's first on this one when I I saw okay that matchup's coming up this week Mm -hmm. I thought to myself okay since Pittsburgh's the home team they're probably favored by three and a half four points this is a pretty even matchup I was shocked to see that Pittsburgh's favored by seven and a half too much I'm not going to say wrong team favored, but I'm going to say the team that's favored is favored by way too much. Uh, Duke has a lot more stability at the quarterback position. That can take you a long way. I, I think Izzy Abanacanda, who I, I think is already over 1,200 yards this year, if I'm not mistaken. He's just yeah, been tearing insane. it up. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been tearing it up. He's got... Um, uh, yeah, 1207 yards, 17 rushing touchdown. I mean, it's he's the ultimate cheat code. Yeah, I, I think he's the reason why Pitt's going to win this game. But I've watched Duke several times. I watched them put Miami through the wood chipper. I'm so <laughs> impressed with Riley Leonard. And, and I think that this has all the makings of a game that's going to be close it might be a shootout with Pittsburgh doing most of their damage on the ground. And, you know, Duke is well on the ground. I mean, Leonard does that, but he can also throw. So I, I think this could end up being a close game and probably decided by three or four points, not seven or eight points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think what's been great about both teams this season is it hasn't been extremely flashy besides Izzy. It's been very much fundamentals, you know, uh, pound the ball do what you have to do especially for duke there's nobody that you say oh my gosh he's the Bolitnikov award recipient should be or there's a running back that we are just you know on a tear or even a quarterback situation but duke is getting it done they're figuring out ways to win and with this pit team going up there to pittsburgh is not going to be easy but maybe they'll figure out how to get a dub i think i agree though. It's going to be a good one
1: yeah i think i guess so uh, okay i was going to say the only thing i need to check is the weather um yeah. But no, it, it looks fine. I'm looking at the weather report right now for Pittsburgh, PA, 40 degrees and sunny skies. I think Duke can handle that. I mean, if is that it was fine like, to you? 40
0: like, degrees? That's fine to I'm I would cry at 40, but that's just me.
1: Well, yeah, but I figure um, and, and listen for, for me, it's more like 65 is more is more my wheelhouse. Like that's like a nice. I don't know. I just figure like. The temperatures aren't freezing. The skies are going to be sunny. I could see if it was some terrible weather game because yeah. uh, my my sister used to live in Pittsburgh and I visited okay. once and it was like it was like 16 degrees in March. I wanted to cry. It was it was, <laughs> it was painful. Yeah, it was that painful.
0: is awful. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely don't do cold weather well, but I certainly am rooting them from afar in my nice warm snuggy. That's that's a definite. We're going to talk about a couple more trap games here, but first I want to remind you guys about our friends at Eugenics. Listen, it's we want to have the fact that if you're trying to get a dad bond, feeling less than your old self, you don't want to have time to work out, but you want energy in the body that you want to have. Maybe ladies, you're trying to get right for the summer. They say summertime bodies are made in the winter. Listen, it's not your fault as men and women, our bodies naturally lose free testosterone, the quote unquote man hormone. It happens to every man and woman, and it can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. Listen, at the end of the day, what you have to do is get with products that can certainly help you. Nugenix Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testop- testophen. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Because is Total Tea boosts free testosterone that aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy, and drive. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231, 231 Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text college 231-231, college 231-231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages, consent not required to purchase, message and data rates do apply. All right, Alex, if you want some genugenics, get your your body right and all the things.
1: I need it. I'm getting older. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm needing it now.
0: <laughs> all right, we transition here. We have Boston College on the docket. They play Notre Dame. I don't think that won't be a trap game by any means, but <laughs> crazier things have happened. We've seen a Boston College team upset people on homecoming, or not homecoming, senior night, no less. So you never know with this team. Who, who can really say how Boston College can perform but Boston College?
1: Yeah, and, and Boston College they they've gotten a couple of decent results this year, and 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 the other thing about that that's a rivalry, right? I mean, Boston College Notre Dame that's one of those because I'm I'm pretty chummy, believe it or not, with a Notre Dame alumnus. So it's mm. like cats and dogs. I don't know how we get along, <laughs> and he he's always like, you know what. I never count BC as an automatic dub. Now, he mm. usually says that about better Boston College teams than this year's version, and, and Notre Dame has been. They've been legit uh, the last several weeks. Uh, after the start that they had, I thought that team was going to be in the toilet this year, but yeah. they turned it around in, in a hurry. Uh, you know, to me, they're just too strong, too physical. They don't make enough mistakes, but uh, like you said, senior day, BC versus Notre Dame, strange things can happen.
0: And I think that ultimately, like, it just speaks to a te- team that's having a rough year, but we're able to get a good win against NC State. Maybe they can just figure out, despite the health issues that they're having, because, you know, the flu is never fun. Maybe they can just figure out how to make the game competitive. So, we, again, see the growth and potential of Halfley and the boys and where we can potentially see them next season. Now we move on to Miami and Clemson, a Clemson team that has seemed shaky, but has been able to pull out wins. They're so far right now 9-1. and one which everyone, it's, you know, you get to a point where the standard is nine and one is bad. They're felt they're number nine in the college football playoff right now, but there's still technically a chance, all that good stuff. Now this Miami team can certainly hurt some feelings if they so choose. Is it going to happen? I would like the man of himself locked on cane to let us know.
1: <laughs> um, it, I'll be real to start this. Um, I think Miami's in big, big trouble this weekend. Yeah. With okay. that said, with that said, there could be a road to making it difficult for Clemson. Um, It would take a minor miracle for Miami to actually win the game, but here's what Clemson could be most concerned with. Now you can look at this either way, because when you're facing a freshman quarterback, when you've got a defensive line like Clemson's, you could say, well, this is a huge advantage because we can rattle this kid. That's, I'm sure that's what they're thinking. But When you're facing someone like Jakari Brown, who I think is going to be the starter for Miami for the second consecutive week, uh, that's not going to be, that's going to be one of those game time decision things that, you know, coaches love to do. But I think Jakari Brown's going to start. There's not a lot of film on him, uh, which obviously makes it a little bit more difficult uh, for Clemson to prepare. And he's a little bit of a wild card because he does run the football exceptionally well. And that adds a dimension to Miami's running game that they certainly struggled a lot more before Brown started to get playing time for the first few weeks that he burst on the scene. He's a true freshman, so they brought him along slowly. The first few weeks we saw him, it was situationally. A lot of third downs and shorts. Uh, You could see, you know, this guy fights for every yard. He's shifty. He's fast for his size. Um, And then the workload increased. And then since Tyler Van Dyke has been injured, they decided to start Jakari last week against Georgia Tech over Jake Garcia. And he played well. I mean, played well against Georgia Tech is different than, than playing well against Clemson. But, sure. uh, you know, uh, M- Miami, if, if Jakari doesn't start, I think Miami's running game is in huge trouble because I don't know how you can find an inch against that Clemson defense. But with Jakari, he adds this other dimension. I think he can spark the entire running game. Um, the big question mark for Miami is if they're going to be able to actually try and pull off an upset he's got to be able to throw the football downfield. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is one of these things where he's showing a little bit of improvement every week, Candace. But when he first arrived as an early enrollee in January, um, he just really didn't have a whole lot of touch. And just his he had a lot of work to do with his passing game. Um, He's putting it together pretty quickly, but we still don't have evidence he can throw it down the field effectively because most of the stuff that he completed against Georgia Tech very short and some intermediate throws. He only tried to actually throw it more than 20 yards downfield twice, was overthrown both times. He's mm-hmm. got a cannon. He's got a very strong arm, but he doesn't have the touch on his throws yet. Um, you know, good news for Miami is most of their receivers are healthy now. Uh, Xavier Restrepo, uh, completely healthy. Uh, Colby Young, will mallory at tight end these are the types of weapons he's going to be looking for to try to get guys downfield but if he can't complete anything 20 yards downfield clemson's going to be able to stack the box and it's just going to be miserable miami won't be able to move the football the other hope that miami has would be if clemson continues to be careless with the ball because Mm -hmm. the one thing that they've suffered from is nine turnovers in the last three weeks three turnovers last week um Miami's got to have, I think, three or four takeaways to stay in this game. So if Clemson keeps doing that, uh, and if if it is, you know, assuming it's DJ starting, uh, you know, may, maybe Miami can do a little something against their passing game, and and that that that's. This recipe has to be there. They've got yeah. to take advantage of this stuff if they have any chance to win.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say, Mr. Garcia also could air it out because Clemson's secondary isn't the world-class greatest secondary we've ever seen. So he right. there is there is an opportunity there for him to try, just get a little more execution and sharpen those tools that he should be good to go. The last team – Here before I go and talk about betting online is NC State and Louisville, an NC State team that is trying to pick up their face after a terrible Boston College loss and a Louisville team that was right there in the thick of it you know, day to day from Malik Cunningham, but certainly played a decent game against a really good Clemson team. Now they face off against each other. All they got to play for, in my opinion, is pride. They both are going bowling. But, you know, you want to end on the best note possible. Where do you see this matchup and who kind of has that advantage right now?
1: I'm still trying to figure out what the heck happened in losing to Boston <laughs> College. And 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 that's why, again, that's why Notre Dame can't completely sleep on this matchup. Um Louisville is a tough place to play. Uh, If this was a night game, I'd feel even more strongly about that. It's it's a mid-afternoon game. I'm going to give NC State the benefit of the doubt uh, based on what I've seen throughout the entire season. I think the Wolfpack are the better team, so I think the wrong team is favored here. Louisville is favored by four points. They've proven me wrong before. Yeah. Um, I've, I've done pretty well picking NC State wins throughout the year. I guess I haven't done as well picking Louisville wins because they seem to win when you least expect them to. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I, I I give NC State the advantage here. I just think they're the better team, and maybe they can – take advantage of a, of a banged up Malik Cunningham. I, I I lean to NC State for a close win.
0: Same. I think I just would like liked just to play a little pissed off, right? I think Tim Beck is going to have to figure out how to get that ball to Thayer Thomas. I think they're going to have to just, if Devin Carter is not playing, how do they, you know, utilize their other receivers and utilize the young guys? And, you know, MJ Morris certainly has starting to show that he is still a freshman and figuring things out. But, you know, that confidence still has to be there. That defense is sound. We know that sometimes bad Call play calls, you know, happen, but can they just keep it rolling next play, all the things not get too caught up in the mental of it. So there's still a lot of good football for them and it remains to be seen how they'll finish, but I'm hoping that it, you know, ends up being a good one. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports, We've got it all on betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you'll find it at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're finishing the show up here with Locked On Kane's host Alex Dono, and we are talking through trap games of this Ah, uh, weekly matchup in week twelve for the ACC. Coastal Carolina and Virginia will not be playing; they canceled their oh, matchup. Yeah. Um, so uh, that... and
1: yeah, just, just terrible. And because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you mentioned it this week, but yep. since since this is my my weekly appearance on Locked On ACC, I, I I was crushed and I was gutted. Um, yeah. I, I, I I'm at a loss. Like I, I've I've been praying for the entire community, Virginia football, Virginia campus life and you know for for that entire community of charlottesville they no one should ever have to go through that i I couldn't i couldn't believe it
0: absolutely it's just senseless it's unimaginable and just to try and pick up the pieces especially with you know 18 to 22 year olds who are still figuring out life in a lot of ways and trying to ask them to you know keep moving forward and you know play football when football is just not the most important thing right now certainly hope that they can bounce back and whether they finish out the season or not you know i think it's already been a hard enough season like in this certainly doesn't help. I hope they get the opportunity at least to have, you know, a senior game, you know, take their seniors out, right, or figure out a way to honor those seniors who have done so much for the program. But we'll certainly stay close to that and update y'all as we know more. Now, Georgia Tech and North Carolina, a North Carolina team who is already in the ACC championship game, but are they going to be as hungry? They got punched in the mouth last season by Georgia Tech. Can they figure out how to get that lick back and win this matchup? They certainly have a good quarterback at the helm who is making his case for Heisman candidacy. And I'm just saying, just finish it out. Like, Don't look too far ahead. Don't look at Clemson. Just go game by game.
1: Yeah, Georgia Tech's been a tough one to figure out um, because something that they had done really well until they faced Miami was winning the turnover battle, turnover margin being plus 22. And then they go out there and they – they commit four unanswered turnovers against Miami. I mean, I, I would like to think that that's one of those things. I'm sure Georgia Tech fans are like, "How did we turn it over four times?" Where Miami fans are like, "Amazing, we forced four turnovers." <laughs> uh, you know, Cam Kitchens was was incredible getting those three interceptions against Georgia Tech last week. Yeah. Um, so you know, their their pattern this year has been taking care of the football and forcing turnovers on the other end is are things they've done really well this year. Uh, So that that's obviously something they can try to take advantage of a North Carolina team that kind of doesn't really have anything to play for. Like you said, Um, you know, also, you know, Coach Key, they're very conservative with, you know, their their fourth down situations, because it's one of those things where it's like you see a lot of teams in college and the NFL. They'll go for fourth and shorts right now. It's like it's almost more common than not. Georgia Tech didn't get that memo. It's like fourth and a half yard at the forty-five. They're punting it. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just that's just how they roll. So yeah. I, I think in a game like this, they they should probably roll the dice a little bit more, right? Because yeah. if if they can pull off a win against the thirteenth ranked team in the country, uh, that that would be just a signature point on their season. And I'm sure you know Georgia Tech. Uh, you know they they sent their. Uh, Their seniors off last week, I I think that they, you know, were maybe expecting to get a better result against Miami, considering the form Miami had been in as of late. And so they're probably going to be a little hungry, a little bit pissed off after that, after, you know, losing their final home game the way that they did. So,
0: yeah,
1: this is definitely something I'm looking at. They're three touchdown underdog, but crazier things have happened. Like you said, I think this is definitely a trap game.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, they have to face Georgia next week. So Georgia Tech Whoa. is pretty much putting it all on the line. This is probably the best, best be the last
1: chance to score <laughs> before the season is over.
0: <laughs> no, legitimately. We, we all know that that one is going to be a barn burner. So I'm hoping that they can make this one close. Get, let the seniors go out right because we know the next one is going to be very interesting. But from a Carolina pr- perspective, everyone is complaining about us being 13th and not being higher and all the things and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but if they get beat by Georgia Tech, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear why your ranking is not the way you want it to be because you have to keep beating who you're supposed to be and beat them in, you know, like handed fashion. So that's on their docket. Final game, I want to go over Syracuse and Wake Forest, a Wake Forest team that has found this rut that they need to bounce back from. But the Syracuse team who everyone is calling frauds, now you got a case of, well, who is really who, right? Who is really the good team? Who's really just a fluke and they just throw their season away? Like, yes, we're going bowling, but at what cost, man? It just seems, it seems shaky.
1: You know, I I hate to say this for the Syracuse fans listening, but this is what I call regression to the mean. I yeah. mean, you want to you talk about a team that had no business being 6-0. and I mean, this <laughs> is uh, – but listen, just getting six wins, they, they outdid their expectations because oh, yeah. this team wasn't even supposed to be bowl eligible. Like Syracuse is basically like ahead of schedule, a year ahead of schedule from where they were supposed to be. And, yeah, this is the battle of like – I don't think there's any two teams on the ACC schedule this week who need victories more than these two who are going head to head. Because yeah. for Syracuse, it's been four straight losses. I think three straight uh, for for Wake Forest. It's been a tough run for them. Um, you know, Wake to me, despite their struggles, Hartman is still playing like that dude. Uh, yeah. Like Sam Hartman has still been really good. Uh, They're at home. I I think Wake Forest probably wins this football game, Uh, but maybe Syracuse can get back to that team that just can like find a way like, you know, the way that they just, you know, got got a little fortunate like against Purdue earlier this year. Um, You know, good things happen when you play tough defense and when you don't make mistakes. So if they can go back to that. Ah, uh, they can make a game of this, but I, I think this is Wake's game to lose.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's just that it's you know speaks to what Syracuse always has around them. Like the health of their team really is dependent on how good or bad they do. If They do not have a healthy quarterback and they don't know who their quarterback is, if their defense isn't sound and they don't have the horse in the stable, they just like the depth is not there. And I'm just hoping they can figure it out for a couple more games because they desperately need some wins. So I think it's going to be great for Wake Forest, too, to just mentally get back into it. The turnovers and just how they are normally like the perfect team that we talk about in the ACC, it's just it has not been the case. And it's head-scratching a bit. But I also know Dave Kloss would blame a lot of that on the refs because the poor play calling <laughs> – or ref calling – officiating, I should say, has certainly you know reared its ugly head. But that's the ACC for you. You're Thank you.
1: Oh, ACC officials think. are the worst worse like and so it's like whenever whenever Miami plays like I'm relieved when they get somebody else's crew like I'm like oh thank goodness it's an SEC crew today
0: (laughs) it's amazing to me how like I don't know whether they like get a bad bunch every year or they're just like this is how we do our standard is you know terrible but I've never seen a conference a power five conference have that have more struggles from officiating standpoint in my life never
1: and even when they do get a call, right, it's always like 10 extra minutes of review. And it's like, why did it take the, like, you got it right. Congratulations. Why did it take two extra commercial <laughs> right. breaks to right.
0: do it? <laughs> a four hour game, you know, that should be three and a half. I get you a thousand percent. Well, Alex, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us these trap game Thursday reviews. Can you please remind the folks of where they can find you, follow your work?
1: Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, you you can follow my personal account, on Twitter at Alex Dono. Uh, check out my beautiful check mark before Elon charges me $8 a month to keep it or whatever's <laughs> going on. I still have my check mark for right Love now. It. We'll see. And you can follow my show as well uh, at Locked On Canes. Pro- Most of the college football tweeting I do comes from the Locked On Canes account. So make sure to follow us there and check out Locked On Canes every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your pods
0: no doubt guys come back tomorrow we'll have best bets with drizzy drake from locked on seminoles maybe he'll have some good luck as he gets ready for a really good matchup going into the weekend for candace cooper and alex dono until next time